innovative Often duplicated When enough people get on the trend I elevate it Make it way harder for them to follow What I take it Hard to swallow like a lozenger Lodged in your trachea Goodness gracious bruh I can never make this up So just take your stuff Rake it up and take the bus Never fake the funk You painted skunks You played enough I'm lifting bars to outer space So the weight is up Fight Hi, folks, and welcome to a special bonus episode of Dirty White Bell Radio. We promised y'all a bonus show when we hit 25,000 downloads, and I'm thrilled to report we've actually shot way, way past that. So thanks to everybody for listening, and we hope you'll continue to listen and subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. For this bonus show, we have two interviews with elite-level competitors, and I'm excited to bring you each of them. First of all, Norwegian Ida Flosvik is the reigning New York Open Black Belt Absolute Champion. Second, one of the best purple belts currently competing is Edwin Junio Casio of Unity BJJ in New York City. We're excited to bring you these interviews, and we're going to continue to focus on the Carolinas and beyond, bringing you the best folks we can find to do the show. Let us know what you think. Get at us on Instagram at Dirty White Belt or on Twitter at DWB Radio. You can also always email the show at cagesidewhup at gmail.com. U.S. Grappling is our favorite tournament organization for a lot of reasons. Run by grapplers for grapplers, U.S. Grappling consistently provides the best tournament experience for competitors. Whether it's a points tournament or submission only, and U.S. Grappling runs true no time limit submission only events, it's the best place to compete and to watch your friends compete. Check out upcoming events and register online at usgrappling.com. Norwegian Ida Flosvik is the reigning New York Open Black Belt Absolute Champion. She has a fascinating means to fund her training that you'll hear about, and she also has an awesome Viking sword that you can see on our Facebook page or on our website at dirtywhitebelt.com. The Hodger Gracie Black Belt talked to Lourdes after they trained together at Henzo Gracie Manhattan. She talked about the kids' classes she teaches, her competitions including ADCC, and her training schedule, and much, much more. So without further ado, here's Ida Flosvik. Hey everyone, this is Lourdes with Dirty White Belt Radio, and I'm here today talking with Ida Flusvik of the Hadra Gracie Academy, and we just trained together at the Henzo Gracie Academy in New York City. Hey, um, Ida, how's your night going? Good, a bit tired from the tournament this weekend. How did you do? So you're talking about the New York Open, and so tell me about the tournament. How did you do, and what, you know, where, what were you competing in, and or what, was your, what was your bracket? So my bracket, there were no girls, and the lightweight was three girls, but I can't do lightweight, so I was just waiting for the absolute, and I hoped there was a lot of girls, but it was just one girl signed up, so I did the absolute against a very, very tough girl. She was very good. And how did that match go? Like, what was something that stood out to you in that match? I got a sweep in the end of the fight, so I was able to win with 2-0 and two advantages. Yeah, and then. So, Ida, you mentioned to me that you are not, um, you don't regularly train here at Henzo's, that you actually come in and train um, for about three months out of the year. Um, do, you, do you travel anywhere else in New York or in the United States when you're here, or where are you originally from? No, when I come here, I just train here at Henzo Gracie, 
and you like because in Norway I'm the only female black belt in the west coast of Norway and the second in Norway so it's very hard for me to try and like to find like really good training so that's why I come here to Hansa Gracie because we have so many black belts and brown belts and because we are kind of the same team but not the same team that's why I come here you know I don't want to be in other teams and train so do you, are there, since you're there, you said there's only two black belts then in, in Norway? Yes, it's, um, it's Devi, yeah, Devi from Oslo, the capital of Norway, and it's me in the west coast of Norway, and now there's another girl who just received her black belt, but she lives in Sweden now, but she's also from Norway. So now we are three girls, and I'm the second girl who received the black belt. Okay. So, are there? Um, what's the competition look like then for your um, for your bracket for black belt women in um, in Europe? In Europe, it's good because there's a lot of girls in Europe now, and it's getting bigger and bigger, and and people even from Brazil and U.S. coming over to to Europe to compete. Like, um, for example, Europeans Open or Europeans was really big this year, and it was a lot of people from Brazil, a lot of people from from US so it's getting bigger like Europe is getting big as well so do you notice if the other um, black belt women or other women um, are training are, are coming over to the United States or are they training other places and then taking information back to Europe or is it mostly they're staying in in, in their home schools or they're training mostly in, in Europe I think it depends you know it depends on how much you want it and and how far you want to go. The reason why I stay in in U.S. is because it's so many opportunities in U.S. And it's like big tournaments almost every weekend, you know. You can't compete so much. It's like either here or in Brazil. So for me, it was easier to pick U.S., of course. But we have a lot, lots, lots of tournaments in in Europe. But still, it's not the same as U.S. or Brazil. So I don't want to give myself like a a safe like a fake like how can I say like I, okay if you're the best in Europe but then when you go to US or Brazil you get smashed you know I want to be the best and then I have to compete with the best one all the time so if I can't beat people in US like in small tournament how how am I going to beat the the girls in in the world you know yes so what other what other um, competitions or tournaments are you planning to do while you're here this time? I'm going to fight Boston Open 22nd, and then I'm going to fight Las Vegas Open the weekend after, mm-hmm. and then I want to do Miami Open and San Diego Open and then Worlds. Mm-hmm. And what are your um, what are your ultimate goals in in competing and in jiu-jitsu? To become a world champion. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I gave myself 5 more years. To compete in the top level, and if I can't be a world champion in five years, I, I know I don't have a chance after I'm, I'm 30 because I just turned 25 and I think I'm in good shape. I train good, mm-hmm. you know. So if I can't be a world champion in five years, I cannot be a world champion after for sure. So how long have you been a black belt, and how long have you been training? Actually, I received my black belt 28th of April last year. So it's going to, oh, going to be one year. Yeah. Oh, you're, you're almost at your one-year anniversary. Yes. And one of the things that we're sitting here talking about is um, and is about the jiu-jitsu community and how the community seems to be tight-knit and, and helps tries to help rally around um, its competitors and, quote-unquote, family. One of the things that Ethan and I were just talking about was 
how her community has helped her to be able to come to the United States for three months at a time and train. Um, and so, Ida, you were mentioning um, how you're able to like raise funds to get over here, and then once you get here, um, the, how the communities, uh, the Henzo Gracie Academy community, has been able to help you as well. Yeah, like back home, people are like giving me bottles because when when we put bottles in the machine, we get some money. So people are keep giving me bottles. Like if they have five bags, they come to my house and just drop it off, mm-hmm. so they can help me to raise money to stay here for for three months at time. Mm-hmm. And when I come over here, people from the gym let me stay in the apartments or. Or let me borrow air mattress to stay in the living mm-hmm. room or something. Yeah, so I'm able to be here for three months mm-hmm. and just train and compete without doing anything. Mm-hmm. Focus 100% of my competitions. So when you're here, you don't have to teach seminars, or you don't you don't necessarily have to teach private lessons. You're just basically here competing and and um, and training then the whole time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I'm saving like I try to save as much money as possible. Mm-hmm before I go because it's scary you know when you just have an and tourist visa to work mm-hmm. and I don't want to miss this opportunity to to come here so I try to to get as much money as possible and then live as cheap as possible you know make mm-hmm. all my food home and buy food once a week you know and try to make food and be smart and mm-hmm. because then I can travel and compete as much as possible mm-hmm. And then how, how um, like, what is your time frame? Like, so you're here for three months and then you go back to Norway for three months? Yeah, about three and four months. It depends on, like, which tournament's coming up and what I want to do. So mm-hmm. when I'm back home, I'm, I'm the head coach of the, of the kids' class in mm-hmm. Oxygen, the gym I'm training in. And, and, yeah, teaching and doing some small jobs, working as a bouncer or... Or different things. You work as a, at a as a bouncer in a bar. Yeah, or like sometimes at the festivals, or mm-hmm. yeah, just like small jobs. So have you done? Um, so then I have to ask: Have you done any MMA, or have you done anything other than jujitsu, or what what other training have you done? No, just jujitsu. I told. Yeah, I want to be a world champion before, like if I want to do something else, but my main focus is being a world champion so if I want to be a world champion I have to train 100% jiu-jitsu all the time mm-hmm. and if you're going to do MMA you have to do so much else you know mm-hmm. you have to learn how to kick how to punch how to you have to change your jiu-jitsu a bit to, so it works in MMA as well you know because in jiu-jitsu you're comfortable staying on your back mm-hmm. but in MMA you're not comfortable staying in your back so you have to change a bit so my main focus is just jiu-jitsu right now mm-hmm. And then what about your what about the kids at home because you become I know like I help out with kids classes and you become attached to the kids and you wonder so like how is that for the kids to see you kind of going back and forth do you keep in touch with them within when you're here It's very hard you know it's very hard because I have so many kids that I really really like and care about and the parents keep texting me you know mm-hmm. but at the same time they're very proud you know they are like ah, our professor is a champion she wins all the tournaments and when I come back I, I bring the medals you oh. know and they can try my medals and then they have someone to see up to as well you know yeah. I keep telling them like I'm just there for three months and while I'm there you guys have to be here work hard so when I come back home I can see how good you are and I'm going to bring my medals, and you guys going to be champions. So I kind of give them motivation as well, you know, mm-hmm. to see it like everything is possible because I'm from a really, really small city in Norway, and 
I didn't think when I started like a girl from this small city was going to be such a big champion in jiu-jitsu, you know. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I try to to show them like everything is possible. If I can, everyone can, hundred mm-hmm. percent. That's pretty awesome. Do you, so do your kids compete? Yes, I bring some of my kids to Abu Dhabi World Pro. Really? Yeah, here to US. They're gonna bring two two kids. I've been been training with me since they were like five and six, mm-hmm. and they are ten and eleven now. And they, both of them, their brothers, both of them place in Abu Dhabi every year. Oh, really? Yeah, one of them won then the kids national in in Abu Dhabi, and next year I'm gonna bring them here to US for the first time. So yeah, the father really trusts me in my work. So it's that's amazing. That that is amazing, and it has such high level kids. So how has um, coaching kids affected your? How how has competing affected the way that you train your kids, and how has training kids affected the way that you compete? I think like the kids, the way the kids behave and how they react when they win and they see me win, give me a lot of motivation. You know, mm-hmm. to be able to like for example we took a bus to Sweden and we traveled together we compete together we train together like sometimes I invite them to train with adults you know mm-hmm. the, the, the bigger one or the better one you know and then it's like they know what they know they have to train hard if they're going to be a champion because they see me train hard right you know so I, I try to push them hard but not that too hard you know right. I we split the kids we have little kids and kids and teenagers mm-hmm. so the teenager we do really hard training the kids we do hard but not that hard and the kids we play more and learn how to know each other to for them to trust me and for me to, to learn and how to trust them well, it's been a real pleasure speaking with you, and I'm really looking forward to not only seeing you compete, but also keeping track of your kids that you bring over from um, from Norway and um, getting to see them compete. So it sounds like there's a lot of exciting things coming up in your future. Yeah, we have a lot of good kids and teenagers. I'm excited. Thank you so much for talking to me today. Thank you. It was amazing. I want to talk to you guys about Cageside Fight Company for a second. I've been buying from Cageside for more than six years, and about 99% of the gear that I use is from Cageside. That's not because other companies don't make good stuff. They do. It's just that Cageside offers the highest quality products at the best value and, no joke, the best customer service I've ever experienced in my life. So whether you're looking for shin pads, whether you're looking for Thai gear, whether you're looking for Brazilian jiu-jitsu gis or Valetudo shorts, whether you're looking for the coolest t-shirts around, check out Cageside.com or come into their fight shop at one. Lotter Road, right in Durham, North Carolina. You won't be sorry. Another thing I want to mention about Cageside is they do more to support local fighters and local Brazilian jiu-jitsu competitors than just about anybody else. And so we've got to support the people that support us. Check out Cageside Fight Company, 124 Lotter Road in Durham, North Carolina, or online at cageside.com. Edwin Juni Ocasio has won most of the IBJJF Open tournaments lately, as well as some super fight honors. He has his sights on a Mundial gold medal this year. He talked to us about the importance of hard training, about how drilling helps to explain some of his success, about his tough training partners at Unity, and how they fight for millimeters instead of inches in the gym, which helps him in competitions. Juni also gives us his thoughts on cross-training with other gyms, about Unity's legendarily tough pro training sessions, and the toughest match he's ever had in competition. We also ask him about the best advice he's ever received from his professor, Marillo Santana, and whether he'd be interested in a Toro Cup match. So wait till the end of the interview, and I think you might get some breaking news. Here's Edwin Juni Ocasio. 
Our featured interview today is brought to you by Toro Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu Company. Featuring the best gis, rash guards, shirts, fight shorts, and all other products for Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, Toro BJJ is the best company to support for your grappling needs. Additionally, Toro BJJ does a lot to support our local community as well, and it's important to support those who support us. You can check them out online at torobjj.com or in person at 124 Ladder Road in the location of Cageside Fight Company and Triangle Jiu-Jitsu. Thanks to Toro BJJ for supporting this featured interview. All right, so we just got done with a private session and 7 a.m. class with Junie. Junie, maybe you can introduce yourself to the listeners who might not be familiar with you, where you train, and how you got started. Hi, how you doing? My uh, my name is uh, Edwin Junie Ocasio. I go by Junie. I train at Unity Jiu-Jitsu in Amarillo, Santana. I'm a purple belt. And I uh, just got involved with Jiu-Jitsu since my early days of wrestling. So when I was later on in my life as an adult, I just wanted to succeed where I didn't in wrestling. And you've been successful uh, at the highest level in jiu-jitsu. You've been doing extremely well at the IBJJF Opens, at the adult purple belt level. I know you have your sights on the world. You've just done very well at some of the IBJJF Open tournaments. So let's talk about your recent results, what you attribute your success to, and what your goals are for the year. Yeah, so I've had a lot of success at purple belt at pretty much every belt level I've been at so far. Um, The only thing eluding me is my world title, uh, which I'm still working towards, um, which we'll get. Uh, a lot of success in IBJJF is just a tribute to just hard work and drilling, just a lot. I know it sounds very simple, but it's just uh, day in, day out, uh, no days off, and hard training. Marilla puts us through some of the toughest training I've ever been through, and uh, it is definitely, definitely a tough day in the gym every day, but the results come from there. The results come from showing up every day, doing very, very well. Uh, in training, regardless if it's super hard, and when we go back out there and compete, it's just, it's an easier day than being in the gym. Yeah, you know, let's talk about a couple of aspects of that, specifically the hard days in the gym. Everybody knows about how tough the training partners at Unity are. Everybody knows about Marillo, about Anna Lowry, about the Meow brothers. But there are a bunch of other guys, particularly at the purple belt level, including one training partner. You just taught a purple belt seminar with Bones and uh, Tiago Abuj, very tough, a lot of success at the at the brown belt level. So maybe talk about those training partners and uh, the challenges they put you through every day. Yeah, so there's not an easy day in the gym, uh, for sure. We have the best training partners. I'm surrounded by nothing but uh, open champions, world champions, all like-minded, very hard roles. There is not one day where you come in here and you're like, oh, I'm just going to sweep everybody. There's no way. Everybody is really good, high level, and you ha- we're, we're fighting for millimeters, not inches, millimeters. Like... The, the beginning of a grip play or uh, making sure we don't get swept or passed. Um, I'm very grateful to have Bones and Abuj and uh, Tiago and Paulo Joao, Marilla as my professor, Anna. Uh, we have Cicero Costa too. We have a bunch of guys coming in. We have Jonas, we have Italo, we have Talison, um, we have Jefferson. We have a bunch of guys coming in. So like, So we are just absolutely like linking together and we are just training very very hard so i get like the best high level training partners and it has done wonders for my training where i go out there and i'm very very confident in my training not overconfident but i know when i go out there it's time to do my thing and uh put all the hard work in yeah and we also got uh who even the females uh we have uh chloe who just won the abu dhabi she just went to world abu dhabi she just got second place there we have scott who's got double gold and a bunch of stuff it's just so many people that are just blessed to do this every day and do it with the highest level yeah, every day 
So you mentioned two aspects of success, which is constant drilling and constant hard work with great training partners. We just finished your 7 a.m. class at a private session before that, and I want to ask you a little bit about teaching. You seem to really enjoy teaching. It's something that you're good at. What I'm, what I'm wondering is, do you find that teaching also helps you improve your technique for competition, or is it just something that you enjoy doing and that you just kind of do? Or like, what, What's the role there? Yeah, I absolutely enjoy teaching. Teaching is one of... The funnest aspect. How could you? For me, this is my career, so I, I love teaching. I love being there for students. I love paying it forward. Um, people have done it for me, and I want to do it for them. And to answer your question, yes, absolutely. I learn every time I teach. How I explain the technique. Sometimes you explain it if people don't get it the right way, and then you have to go back. You have to think about the details, right? And then you come back and you explain it a little better. They get it, and then you learn. Like, okay, I'm, maybe I'm explaining it, but I'm not really. I do this second nature, so I'm not explaining how I'm doing this thing, right? So I go back and you explain it, and they get the better results. So every time I teach, I definitely learn 100%. Sometimes I teach a technique, and I learn more off of teaching than I did in actually training the technique. Like I think I've been training single leg I've been teaching single leg defense and uh, sprawling into chokes and, and when I found myself training the other day I was like oh immediately cool because I've been teaching it so yeah absolutely and I and I 100% enjoy it it's it's uh, I'm very blessed to teach what I love to do yeah for sure so you mentioned no real days off and obviously you're in the gym all the time I'm wondering do you do any cross training with other gyms or get together with friends and training partners that train at other schools I know Unity's always been really welcoming when I've shown up to train and I'm just wondering what what your thought on that is yeah, cross-training is absolutely fine with me. Uh, I train with people I fight with in the gym all the time. I, I train people come in and they train. And I've fought them before. It's fine. Beforehand, I used to visit other gyms. And uh, before Unity was open, I used to visit other gyms. And I got to know every other open gym and stuff like that. But uh, now that Unity has the open door policy, it's I, I don't feel the need to really venture out so much because... I have an open door policy. Like, there's so many people who come in visiting that it's like, uh, there's no need for me to go. Uh, although I'm never opposed to going and going out there and learning from other people and seeing other things. Absolutely, 100%. Cross training is is very very good, and you could always learn something from somebody. So I've been to the pro training at Unity a few times. It's some of the hardest training I've ever had in my life. I know you're a regular at those sessions. I'm wondering, do you have one or two memories of like, wow, this is my toughest day of training ever, or this was some of the hardest work that I put in, either at one of those pro days or one of the, or, or just another training session here? It is very hard to say one specific day, to be honest. It's every day. It's every single day we do pro training. I'm, I'm, it's hard. There's no going around it. It's hard for me to like pinpoint a day because every day we're going to feel the same way. There's no easy pro training. Pro training is made to be discomfort and it's made to have all the elements of a tournament so that when we go out there, we're fully prepared and we're not freaking out about heat. We're not freaking out about exhaustion, fatigue. We're used to sweat on the floor. So we're not worried about the floor being dry. It's just a plus to us. So yeah, absolutely. It is incredibly hard, but yeah, no days off. We my, well, for me, my philosophy is just like we train every day, even if it's something small. Like I think my shortest day is on Saturday and Sunday, and I think I still do like about two hours of training or about an hour to two hours, depending on what it is. And that's my latest day. Everything else is full day of training. So another way to get at that question, like exempting your regular training partners, like everybody that trains at Unity, who would you say is the toughest or best guy that you've ever rolled with, whether that was in a competition or whether you rolled with Black Belt at a seminar or whether you visited somebody else's gym? Like, who do you think is maybe the toughest role you ever had? Mm. 
there's a there's a bunch of wars I've been through. Um, toughest war. Uh, I could say this. Back in my beginning of my purple, I went against Ahsoka uh, purple belt, Andrew Papas, and I think I beat him the first time fairly good. The second time we met, man, I left that fight bloody. Like, it was to one advantage. It was a, he pulled me into a dog fight. It's just one of the ones I remember because it was like, that was one of those fights where I walked off the mat and I was like really exhausted. And I was just like, man, I, am I missing a chunk of my lip? It was, it was crazy. We were both bleeding. It was a really tough match. And uh, yeah, that, that's definitely one of those memories where like it was, that was a war that time. Yeah, absolutely, 100%. So you mentioned that you wanted to get into jiu-jitsu and have some of the success that you didn't necessarily find in wrestling. So I'm wondering, now I'd like for high-level purple belt Juni to talk to like white belt Juni who's just walking into the gym hoping like, man, I'll try this jiu-jitsu thing. And what, what advice would you give him and what would you tell him? You know, white belt Juni still kind of does the same thing purple belt Juni does. And, and so, like, I would be maybe a little bit more smarter as how I approach it because I, I got a little bit smarter as how I got better in training. But I still, from white belt to now, have the same work ethic, right? Maybe a little bit more work ethic, a little bit harder. Um, but I always trained every day when I was white belt. I took a bunch of classes, and I continued to train and compete since I was a white belt. And so there's not too much I could say. I could just say just organizing your training a little bit better like knowing when to have the space and when to rest when to lift when to do those things instead of just learning through trial and error for sure now i tell my high school self that we would have to do work hard every day and work on your cardio and and uh, be in the gym every day but uh yeah the high school self didn't listen so this is why the you know, adult my my adult self is very very um on point and disciplined with the training for sure what would you say the most important thing that you've learned from Marillo Santana is? Effort, dedication, and persistence. It doesn't matter what the result as long as you give 100% effort and you fight your hardest and you give it all out and you don't make excuses. You're honest with yourself, right? We have a whole, uh, you know, a whole saying here, you know, like fight your hardest, be honest with yourself, you know, work hard, you know, hard work by good people. So it's whatever we're doing, However I go out there, I know that I'm working hard. I know I'm giving my full effort. I know I'm never cutting corners. And at the end of the day, even though I'll be upset if I didn't do well, I'm, I'm okay knowing I gave myself 100%. Right? Effort every day. You can't judge effort. Effort has to be put in every day, discipline, and no, no cutting corners. No taking little breaks and stuff like that. doesn't matter if you're tired. doesn't matter if your foot's popped. doesn't matter if th other things happen. It's stuff in your life you have to keep going and you have to get up and train right so yeah we have to get up and train we have to make sure that we continue to do what we love to do no matter what because at the end of the day i love what i do but this is my career so you mentioned that your goal to win the worlds this year to win that mundial gold medal i'm wondering is there anything different in your training that like you wouldn't have done say when you were like during the off season or like, is there a way that you're specifically preparing for the Mundials in a way that you wouldn't just normally train like say in January? No, I don't take uh, seasons off. So my off season doesn't exist. Um, if you have anything in the off season, just to play with a little bit more moves. But other than that, the training still stays the same. Uh, maybe I heal up a little bit more, um, but uh, training every day. We don't, that doesn't change. That's year round for me. I do jiu-jitsu every day, even if it's for half an hour, it doesn't matter. Um, uh, no, just upping up the intensity, upping up the drills, upping up, upping the consistency, and making sure I get rest before Worlds. 
but yeah, other than that, everything is uh, is good to go. We have a lot of success in our gym with the guys placing at Worlds, winning World titles. So uh, it's just a matter of time before I get on the mat, and uh, that title's mine. So I heard you giving advice to your students today at the 7 a.m. class. And like a, a lot of people that are listening are in the similar position, right? Like maybe they're high-level white belts, new blue belts that are hungry to get to that next level. I'm wondering what is the best advice you could give to your podcast, to people listening to this podcast that are trying to get to that next level? Maybe it's similar to the advice you give to your students every day. Yeah, I would say, uh, like I was saying, you know, you got to be honest with yourself. You got to set your goal range. If your goal range is to be world champion, you have to uh, adjust your training accordingly. That means you have to train every day. You have to train twice a day. You have to make sure you incorporate some lifting. You have to make sure you rest. Uh, if your goal range is just to be, you know, like winning a couple of tournaments, then, you know, maybe you're training like three times a week, four times a week, two, like a full day, and then you rest. It just depends on your goal range. You have to be honest with your goal range. People mistaken everything. I want to be world champion. But then when it comes time to do what, what you need to do to be world champion, everybody's like, oh, well, whatever. No, you have to be honest. So I'm honest with myself. I want to be world champion. I'm going to make sure I train every day, train twice a day. I lift. I work. My work doesn't in, in, uh, mess up my training. Everything revolves around my training because that's my, my true career. So I would tell anybody who wants to do that, who wants to go, and I encourage it to reach for the highest level in anything you want. So if it's jiu-jitsu, you just have to be honest to find the right place for you. Make sure you're doing the right things. Uh, it's the little things that add up that will make the difference. Your dieting, your discipline, your not being lazy to train. You know, Those little, little, little things are going to add up eventually. and It will create the, the gap between you and your goal. Is there anything I haven't asked about that you wish I would have asked about? Or is there anything that you think the podcast listeners don't know about Unity, about Junie, that they ought to know? You know, I'm not one of those guys who, like, uh, go out there and call people out and, like, you know, say a lot of things because I'm a firm believer. I, I don't even take selfies while I'm training or anything like that. None of that stuff because we're training. Um, I like to train very hard and let my skills speak for itself. Um, I that's it. It doesn't matter what it is. I'm always trying to reach for it. So if it's worlds, I'm trying to reach for it. If it's finishers only, sub only, I'm reaching for it. Um, I love every single rule set. doesn't matter. EBI rules, ADCC, gi, no gi, heel hooks, no heel hooks. Everything is just, it's, uh, I love jiu-jitsu as a whole. And I just want to be successful at the highest level against uh, every type of event, whether it be IBJF, ADCC, or grapple industries, or or any, anything that's high level. I, I just want to s- establish my name and uh, make a name for myself, but through my uh, actions, not through my words. Right? So everything's, uh, everything you're going to see, I'm not just going to talk about it. We'd love to see you on Toro Cup down in North Carolina sometime. You open to it? I am absolutely open to it. You fly me down there, and I will compete, and I will put on a show for sure, 100%. Uh, there's never been one fight I've been... Uh, boring in i'm uh, not built on stalling i'm built on 100 percent forward so it would be my pleasure to fight on toro cup you fly me out there you say when and uh we'll uh, get the match going it'll be awesome well we're looking for you, forward to seeing you put a show on at the worlds this year best of luck we know you're going to see you we're going to see you on that podium and uh, thanks so much for taking the time yeah thank you for taking the time to come out here train with me learn from stuff and uh getting some good roles in i appreciate everybody listening and uh uh, Junie underscore BJJ on Instagram if you want to uh, follow me and look me up. We'll post a link to all of Junie's social channels. Uh, best of luck to Junie at the Mundials, and thanks for listening.
that's our show for the week. Because we're based in North Carolina and we always want to support our local scene, we're still going to primarily focus there, but it's really fun to expand that circle out and talk to some of the fascinating folks up and down the East Coast. We plan to do more of that in the future, so let us know who else you'd like to see on the show. We have some exciting upcoming things, but we always want to know who you want to hear. Thanks for listening to this bonus episode of Dirty White Belt Radio. My name is Jeff Shaw, and we'll see you again next Sunday for our regular show. Thanks again for listening.